Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, today, another episode, uh, also in English, but we don't have an interview guest today, so we will do an, a single episode because I'm, I was actually quite fascinated about a topic the last couple of years, and I just realized that I've never really talked about it in the podcast because it just hasn't been the right timing for it. Or of course, there wasn't like a special guest that could potentially fit the podcast. I'm sure there are definitely lots of them that could potentially talk about the topic itself. But I also wrote my thesis back then about the topic. So I thought, how, why not actually publishing my thoughts and, and my research a little bit on the topic itself and, and uh, share it with the audience. So it's about... Uh, digital assistant virtual assistant so i wrote about a world where we live in where digital assistants play a big role in order to help the human being and help humans in general and society in general to move forward faster um, because of course we live in a world where everything is happening on an exponential curve more or less i think um, pascal finet from singularity university um, has mentioned it before that we are living in such a rapid and fast world that things are changing at a speed which we have never seen before. So I think di digital assistants are something that actually take and will take a big part of us changing as a society. So I thought it might be an interesting topic to talk about it and also to go maybe in depth um, in maybe future episodes. So let me know if you would be interested in maybe going in a little bit deeper into the legal into the legal or the medical part or the the economic or like maybe the cultural part of digital assistance and we can go in depth and also potentially invite um interview guests that could maybe discuss with us as an audience about it so maybe generally i think to start off i think digital assistance are of course part of one's home already i mean we're living in a world where people already integrate the google assistant um, amazon echoes into their daily habits and their daily doings so we already see that people are actually getting used to it every fifth person in the united states has a digital assistant at home so it's it's quite an enormous amount if we compare that to the speed of smartphones which have actually Ray, like they've risen at, at a quite similar speed than digital assistants do. So we see that people are actually integrated, integrating like assistants into their lives. And I think what's interesting about that is that back then, 15, 20 years ago, the humans itself needed to adapt to understand the computer. And now we're living in a world where the computer actually needs to adapt to understand us humans, which is quite a cool thing for us humans because in the future we can just talk and uh, humans uh, and and machines will actually understand us so that's that's going to be a great part because it makes human machine interaction way um, way easier and uh, also allows us to just be ourselves and not polish ourselves in order to let the machines understand us so i think that's quite an interesting trend that we see here i think to go a little further Ray, calls, Ray Kurzweil, who's uh, the, the founder of the Singularity University and, and quite a big, uh, yeah, quite just a big personality in regards to artificial intelligence in the United States, he has said that inventions that will come up will feel like 20,000 years of improvement. So within like the next years and the next decades, we it, it will feel like we have improved 
in terms of tw a 20-year perspective, which is insane, of course, of, co of course, to us humans, because like it's just we don't have a comparison how fast technology and generally society has changed within the last 100,000 years because we just live in the world we live in now. But of course, like we see it as ourselves how fast things have gone since the iPhone came out and since uh, processor dynamics have have gone even more into have gone better and better and i think we, we 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 of course don't realize it on a daily basis but if we look at a like 20 year macro we can see how fast things are moving in general and i think that's also a big reason why regulation comes into play because like we're living at such a rapid speed that the government somehow feels that they have the responsibility to act and react based on those challenges we're going to face which is of course maybe also one reason why they invented or they changed the whole data regulation system in 2018 because they saw that things are moving in a direction on the internet itself that they thought they need to regulate or be part of the changing environment at least. Because like I maybe need to go a little deeper in here because I have a note here that actually goes into a little more depth. Um, I think one big topic that comes with the whole human machine interaction part is transhumanism um quite an interesting quite an interesting topic i guess it more or less like in simple words just means combining human and machines uh potentially through brain interfaces for instance it was shaped by julian huxley in 1957 who first wrote about the topic and actually is quite famous for 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 the word transhumanism because he thought okay how how humans gonna live further if we are just if the only capacity that we have is the brain and we can get way smarter just by keeping everything in the brain we need to have some certain external interfaces in order to make us smarter faster more intelligent and the the only challenge that we have is that there's not a lot of medical research on it that we can actually start integrated external interfaces into our brains in order to make us faster or more intelligent i'm sure quite some of you have seen that elon musk has presented Neuralink, which some which is actually some 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 form of giving us as humans the capability of accessing information through an external interface so he's exactly going into that field with Neuralink, which is quite an interesting topic. That's also the reason I think why he's the one of the chairman at OpenAI to really understand what's the ethics behind the human machine interaction in the future. And the, the the interesting part is even though medical research is not quite advanced yet about human machines or human machine interactions, people will still do it anyways. I mean Elon just presented the first the first product based on 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 the idea of transhumanism and it will not take too long until certain people will actually try it out and test it we have seen the same in the smartphone industry of course smartphones from the outside perspective don't seem as harmful potentially as maybe external interface that you integrate into your brain but nevertheless people have just went with the market they bought smartphones they use them every day smartphones can actually hear everything you say they can they know your face they know your fingerprint so smartphones are quite into the world of the human being 
but it doesn't feel like it i i, I suppose so but even though there's there's still not a lot of like medical research on the usage of smartphones people actually to be honest don't care and they st- they just continue using it which is i think a big something that a big thing that we're going to see in in the whole transhumanism part as well we're going to care a lot now as soon as first people start using it we're probably going to go with the market that's that's uh that's what we have done in in history um always so i think that's something that that's quite similar when we compare technological trends in the past another thing which covers that which should somehow support it is the human brain project which is a project i think by the european union where they try to understand and go more into the details of the ethical and medical part of of transhumanism it was supported by one point one point like at two billion i suppose so it's quite a lot of money that goes into the into the ethical and medical research part of just transhumanism projects so of course it is relevant for the european union for the society otherwise they wouldn't invest that much money even though i think it's not as much as people could actually invest into it but it already shows us that people actually care about how the future is going to look like and people care about how we as human beings want to live together with the machines or be part actually of the human machine living in the future there are definitely i mean besides Neuralink, which is quite recent there are definitely topics and products that have helped us be a better worker be a better thinker for example there's a human machine overall especially for the logistic logistics industry which which helps people who need to heft very heavy packages that's the word i was looking for they need to have very like heavy packages in order for maybe like big logistics companies that have certain packages and need to arrive at the customer's place uh, they have big challenge that of course there are packages who weigh more than 10 15 kilograms which is definitely a big challenge if you do it every single day for 350 days a year so there are human machine overalls that they can just put on it, it's just like a a sweater and, <laughs> and a short maybe they just put it on and it somehow helps them to transport and carry those big packages which is i mean a phenomenal phenomenal idea to support them on a daily basis and give them a better future because they don't have back pains or anything like that definitely helps um, in that in that regard which is i think a fantastic example of how um, a machine like overall can help the human being on a day-to-day basis for i think like maybe to go a little little more meta i think a big part why this is all happening is the digital explosion as mentioned already we're living in a a super rapid speed and there's quite an interesting statistics on that the the hominids back then it would have actually taken them one million years to gain the productivity increase for another million people maybe i just say it again back in the hominids time it would have taken the people there one million years to gain the productivity increase for another million people, which is insane, I think, for now. If we look at 2019, it literally takes 90 minutes to gain a productivity increase for another million people. 90 minutes compared to 1 million years. I think that's insane, and we can just see how fast we're actually developing and how fast we can also help another million people 
to increase productivity. There are definitely great ideas that have shown how productivity productivity increases can happen and how they can support the society. And it just shows that we are improving day by day and year by year. The question that comes here comes up as well is that we also have lots of lots of people living on on planet Earth. And the question that I rose back then in my thesis as well was, if we just have more people, do we also have a like a higher accumulated intelligence just because we have more people? That's a question that nobody has really answered to me. And I'm not sure whether people could actually agree on that. But if you just have more people, of course, every single person has more individual intelligence. But if you just add them together, is it really like if we more pe- have more people, do we still have more or do we actually have more intelligence? And is that accumulated intelligence going to help us move forward or is it going to harm us in a more dangerous way? Maybe I think that's a question from a philosophical perspective that we somehow need to answer. What I did back then in, in the in the research part and what also, also I've been interested in in the last years is that how how is it is AI and maybe also the especially the human machine communication part into like influencing the legal, the medical, the economical and the cultural part. How is it influencing it actually? And I think I just want to go like very broad. I would love to go into the details if you guys would like to. So let me a comment on the socials or send me a private message because I, I would be interested if you guys w- would like to go a little more into depth here in those certain topics. I think from a legal perspective, I know that the first law system in Germany has been invented in 1810. So it's quite some time ago. And the le- legal and law system, of course, has some certain laws and, and rules that shape the law system in general. And it doesn't feel like the law system is actually going at the speed that technology is going with. So, of course, we, it, the, the legal system is yet not prepared for AI and human-machine interaction, which is also a reason why we, we have lots of work to do on that side. So we, we're not up to date yet. There's not really a lot of laws that talk about the transhumanism part potentially. Nevertheless, there are certain laws that already say that uh, certain algorithms need to be approved and analyzed by certain regulation systems. As far as I have understood, those regulation systems don't they don't really have been defined yet. So there's still some work to do in order to find groups, find certain individuals that actually look at certain algorithms to look whether they could be of potential harm for society or not. From a medical perspective, they're also not yet at a good level. Uh, there's quite there of, of course there's lots of money going into the understanding of the brain, which I think um, Pascal Kaufmann from Starmind, who has been in the podcast, has talked about that we still not yet understand the brain, which potentially doesn't need we don't necessarily need to understand the brain in order to build AI, but of course there is some correlation, and we 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 need to go into more depth there. Nevertheless, I think human machines actually gets closer and closer which i think from a meta perspective a lot of people don't see yet we have silicon breasts we also have designer babies that somehow show us that there's a certain direction coming into play where people try to make up things for their body for like the future generations that's just not as human anymore as 
humans maybe have, would have been declared 200 years ago. We're living in a world where you can actually artificially produce things for your body or you can even produce kids already or babies that would have not been possible 50, 60 years ago in that regard. So I think we use machines now as well to make ourselves better and to make society maybe prettier, long more more long-lasting. So there are quite some topics that already come into play here, and I think that's definitely something where we see the shift happening. From an economic perspective, under Mark Andreessen, who was uh, part of the, the Andreessen Horowitz Venture Fund, he once said, software is eating the world. And if you think about it, on the philosophical side, of course, there are definitely jobs that's going to be re- that are going to be replaced, but there are also going to be jobs that are going to be more creative and they're going to be placed in a new way. And uh, people people will find new jobs. and And I've written actually a lot about the economic perspective, which I would love to share more about. So let me know if that's of interest. And the cultural part is something that I've been super interested in because I like the people part of all like the digital transformation topic. Um, and I think the big question that we need to answer is, are we ready yet for a cultural shift happening through human-machine interaction and especially through virtual assistance? Are we ready yet? And I think we haven't really answered that question yet, but we can already see, and that's, I think, one big advantage that we see because of the digital assistance is that very young people, a couple of years old, can already start interacting with technology through voice. So they actually start communicating with digital assistants. And we also see very old people that don't really understand what the smartphone is all about. They can speak and they can talk. So they can actually talk to technology through those digital assistants. And it helps them to make their life easier and funnier because they can listen to music while they sit at the, the table or sit on the couch. And they can just relax and use technology for themselves. And they don't really need to go and understand smartphones or computers or anything like that. They can just speak. And I think that's something that's very impressive from the cultural perspective that we live in an era where technology has finally come at a point where young and old and mid mid age understands technology can inter- and can actually interact on the basis of digital assistance. A very good example here, if you guys want to check it out. And of course, it's not the most famous Alexa skill, but I think it's quite an, an interesting one. It's called Kids Court, which is, of course, maybe from a philosophical perspective also, yeah, it's it needs to be discussed, but it it's a skill that helps, in the, uh, like it's an Amazon Echo skill that helps kids. Like if you have a group of kids and they have, and they have just a topic that they're complaining about and they actually don't get along with each other anymore, they can just start Kids Court and Kids Court is going to help them solve their problem. So Kids Court is somehow a a mediator that comes into play when kids have problems and it somehow opens up a complete new dimension what technology can do. They can It can act on the basis of a parent potentially to solve a problem between a couple of childs. So I think that's an interesting an interesting skill that also shows the dimensions of it. All right. That's actually what my thoughts are on the topic. I know it's quite long. I have hope you you've taken some insights what I've been thinking about in the world of digital assistance and I would really appreciate to understand what you think about it and what your perspective on digital assistance are and maybe also on transhumanism. 
So definitely let, let me know in the comments on the socials or write me an email or a personal message and we can talk about it because I think that's quite something that we have as a responsibility as human beings to talk about the future topics that we're going to face. And I think that's also one part why I do the podcast and I would love to just go and interact with the people and maybe we can see what we can do in the future on the basis of the podcast. So let me know what you think and uh, I can also go into more details if you get like, I think 20 minutes is already enough. Hopefully you enjoy the podcast. See you next time and bye-bye.